We're live. Are we? Are we live? <laughs> We're live! <laughs> hey! Whoa, hey, Vance, how are you? Hey! Kayla! Hi, Grifters! Welcome to another Leverage Google Plus Hangout, and welcome back to the Leverage 10 podcast, our first one of the, the winter season. Yeah! yeah. Our East Coast fans have just viewed our winter premiere episode, episode 511, The Low Low Price Job. So I do want to take a minute and warn our West Coast fans that we will be discussing the episode a bit. So if you haven't seen it yet, this is your official spoiler alert, spoiler if warning. If you don't want to know how Elliot dies, you should turn Don't do that, John. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> I'm your host, Kayla Dobson, and tonight we are lucky enough to, to be joined by executive producers and co-creators of Leverage, John Rogers and Chris Downey. We also have the writer of this episode, Rebecca Kirsch. The director of this episode, Tanya McKiernan. And our very own Alec Hardison, actor Aldous Hodge. He smells wonderful tonight, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I, was Thank you. Say, I don't know. You what know are you what? wearing? We're all thinking of. I'm wearing uh, Le Nuit Eau uh, from wow. YSL. Nice. So, <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> Oh, I wear it just for you guys. Thank you. I'm going to hug you repetitedly so I smell that good when I go it's, home. It's, 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 it's my Not way of trying to keep my job. You Thank see what I'm saying? Nice. Smell nice at work and they'll keep you around. And then when I go <laughs> home, I'll get in trouble. Great. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And his pants, look like, his pants look like a conductor's hat. Because <laughs> I'm conducting a podcast. Let's get busy. That's nice. Kayla, nice. seize control quickly. TNT has collected your fan questions over the last week for me to pose to our guests. And we have some general leverage questions and some questions specific to the episode so if everyone's ready let's get started we are we are ready on tender hooks so number one how tough was the research for this episode be honest uh kirsch well we are a very research heavy show and i think that we really wanted to get the details on this one right because there are the differences between the many big box stores and there are not all big box stores that have you know, bad business practices. We want to make sure that we got the details right for the ones that do. And so, um, I, yeah, I mean, let's start with like, we're not painting all big box stores no. in a bad light. No. Several chains treat their employees very, very well. They are good partners. They are good for the community. They're good for the people who work for them. Some certainly, are not. Certainly, if you're a lawyer representing one of those stores and are watching this, we're talking about, about your store. Your store. <laughs> <laughs> so we read a lot of financial yeah. blogs. Um, I talked to some people at unions. Um, just a, 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 I, I went to a big box store for a few hours and walked around and figured out various ways that we could take control of one if we needed to, which was a good deal of fun. I'm sure they thought I was stealing things. But um, that's I think that's pretty much where it started, just find, finding a story that was right there in front of all of us every day and, and a lot a lot of people don't actually realize the stories behind some of these stores and i think that that's someone something that the leverage team wanted to expose you know a yeah. secret that was in front of our faces the whole time and, and by the way we we spent a lot of time this show actually took two years to develop oh yeah this, uh, this episode took the longest one to do because we Unshootable. wanted to make sure we were very even-handed we wanted to make sure we showed you know there's there's certainly very good economic arguments that that the low prices that a lot of these stores are uh, provide are a, an, a net overall economic boon. And so, you know, that's why we were very rigorous about making sure Hardison, who is the emotional keystone to the show, made the opposing argument. Because we wanted to make sure people just didn't think this was a polemic. We were looking at every single thing in the show is something that one of the companies has done, and we just don't think that's cool. You shouldn't be able, you shouldn't work 40 hours a week and be on food stamps. So we just, you know, we dug in on the bad practices, but we wanted to make sure we heard the other side, which is a lot of these stores uh, really help the community and really, you know, do their best. 
I'm kind of moving on and talking again about this episode specifically. Uh, this episode was packed with amazing guest stars, Willa Ford, Bridget Branagh, just to name a few. So how did you land them, and what was it like working with them? Well, well you knew Bridget, Bridget right? Yeah. Bridget, is... Bridget is a good friend of mine. I did, oh. I did Army Wives, and when I read... I just got a text from Bridget, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, when I read the part, I thought I thought of her, and she had just finished Army Wives, and I was like, I call, you know, I, I checked with them to see if they, you know, knew of her, and they looked her of up, course, and 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 she just, you know, she's that actress, and it's and she doesn't get a lot of chance to do comedy kind of roles, and she just she just jumped right into it, and you know, the scene where she's where she's um, you know, gone to sleep and woken up the next morning with a red face. It was like she literally <laughs> poked herself in the eye with a Q-tip. She goes, what are you going to ask me to do next? Because I go, what if you, you know, and she puts her lipstick on. And what everybody doesn't know is she put it on without a mirror. Yeah. Because the mirror was a camera. So she literally had to, she had to put, and she did it perfectly. And I was like, how do you do She's and you and I were sitting at Video, Video Village, absolutely just cracking, just cracking up, up just yeah. and I keep running in there and the making her do something else, and she's just like, really, really, you're making she's me into a absolute fool. pro. So yeah, absolutely. she's a good friend of mine. And uh, Willa, I believe, was uh, she's a friend of Christian. A very dear friend of Christian. Yeah, very good friend of Christian Kane's. We had actually considered her for another role that didn't work out because of scheduling. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if, if we're going to introduce the idea that maybe Elliot is starting to date and kind of rejoin life, it's nice that it's somebody he has a connection with. You know, and it, it, it felt really nice. It felt organic. It, it also felt nice that, uh, you know, when we were developing the show, it wasn't some adventure person out in spy world or crime world. Mm -hmm. You know, this is Elliot kind of figuring out a way to finally put that part of his life behind him and get back to his roots and get back to the things that make him happy. And you know his old identity before the horrible things he did. Right. Mm. Well, our next question is actually a fan question mm. for Alvis. <laughs> I should be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Snyder asks. You realize she's just throwing out like, take off your shirt, take off your shirt, take. She just tossing <laughs> those she's over. Just, just tossing them. Yeah, those, we, there was quite a few of those, so I had to just put one in. No. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Dear Alvis. You and Christian are known for your humorous banter scenes. It was said in The Examiner that there was a more serious conversation with Elliot from tonight's episode, The Lola Price Job. What was it like filming that? Was it more of a brother-to-brother -brother talk, trying to understand one another? How would you, what do you have to say about that scene in particular? Well, about that scene, uh, we both cried uh, as we read it together. <laughs> we read the script together. We cried, we, uh, we hugged it out, you know what I'm saying? That's it was a manly hug. Man. Yeah, it was. Well, uh, you no. guys have had like two or three big not joke scenes this yeah, year. Yeah, so yeah. this is part of a piece. Well, uh, this was um, definitely uh, a kind of a building block for what Christian and I have, have you know, wanted to, to, I guess, build up to, especially through the season, which was that Elliot and Hardison, you know, I mean, they've basically been brothers in arms since the beginning. It's just they never really liked each other. They respected each other, just never really liked each other. And now they've gotten to the point where it's like they really truly are a team and they wanted to kind of, you know, culminate that this season. So every step of the way with every episode we have, every opportunity we have, which in this episode we had a great opportunity, um, we want to show the audience that these guys have matured, they're growing, and they're becoming stronger as a unit. So, you know, when we saw it, we were just game for it because, like I said, it helped us push our, uh, our agenda. It's a tricky scene, too, because you don't want to be pushing too hard, and I really like the way yeah. you played, you guys played it, where you kind of you pushed a little bit, and then you let him Well, I mean, it's sensitive, it's touchy, it. because the first time that Elliot's really talked about his family, his 
you know, his pop, there obviously has some, some unspoken history there. Um, and you don't really know how to approach it because Elliot's not Mr. Emotional. He's not the guy you ask about his emotions. No, he's right. going to shut you down immediately. So um, I think the fact that Hardison was able to bring that out of him uh, just proves how awesome Hardison is. <laughs> But, it's uh, amazing how every time you manage to cycle it back to how awesome does. Hardison is. It's like scenes you're not even in. Nice, very nice. Well, Tanya, what was it like for you to direct that scene? Um, it was, you know, it was funny. It was the first scene that we shot on on right. in the episode. Wow. Six a.m. Yeah, right six a.m. in the morning, and it was, you know, and and the van was on the stage, and yeah. we didn't have any of the stuff on the on the screens. So it was more about me kind of explaining to them where we were in the whole thing and everything. But then I just gave it to them and they, you know, they work so well together. It's like you don't need to you don't need to really push them into it. They knew where they wanted to go. So it was it was it was great to watch. I mean, it was just a lovely scene. Thank you. And, and, and Kirsch did a lovely Kirsch. I still yeah. call you Kirsch. Kirsch did a lovely and job writing it. Um, and I want to say, by the way, a lot of times people don't know what the role of a, a TV director is. You know, mm -hmm. the film directors kind of get all the coverage, and, and TV directors a lot of times uh, you're shooting out of sequence, and the TV director's job really is to because the actors are very focused on the scene work. The TV director's job is to know the entire emotional context of the show, track the emotional arcs and then be able to clue the, the actors in to where they are in the story at this given point. The yeah. director has to know this, the script as well as, if not better than the writer by that point, point. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and not just the camera moves and all the rest of it, but you know, that's one of the fun things I think about, about TV directing, is it really stretches, I mean, you know, it it's really stretches you. Yeah. yeah, well it does, and, you, and you, have, you, have, you have to sort of do a movie look on a TV budget, <laughs> and, and it's, it's it definitely takes some skill, but it's nice to also, when you're dealing with a group of people, like with the acting, it makes my job easy. You know, when I sit there and I watch and I know where we want to go, and then I'll give them little hints here or there to say, hey, well, remember that we, you know, we want to do this well, or whatever. That definitely helps. You gotta have a director who knows their stuff, like you did that day, because, like she said, we shot as the first scene up, you know, it's the emotional scene. We're working off of references. Uh, that we've not seen yet, you know, off of scene where we, I didn't know who Martin was, the actor Martin, who played Martin at that time, so I didn't know what his connection with Elliot was, so we were kind of like, yeah, where is it at? You know what I mean? Also, <laughs> we were like, episode, oh, where are we going from well, here? Well, what's, this you episode know? was shot with two other ones at, we, we started. Yeah, the, the, the tail end of, the tail end of um, Broken, Broken right. Wing overlap the opening days of this yeah. episode. Yeah, you, you must have not known what, up. you yeah. didn't know what episode you were shooting. Yeah. That was another that thing. It's like, uh, are we in, I don't, I don't know, I'm just here, I'm, I'm here to say lines. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But, uh, yeah, That's, no, we, we, we all had to, you know, get our, know our beats, but um, it definitely helps when the director sets the tone and says, hey, look, this is where we've been, and this is where we're going, and, you know, this is where we're at, so... I had a lot of questions there. I had a <laughs> After he had his cup of coffee, <laughs> he's like, yeah. "What time is it?" Yeah. <laughs> well, kind of following up on that, we actually have some uh, Christian questions. Uh, I am not going to pronounce this correctly. It's a fan question. Silver Urinkova. All oh, right, say that that's cool. right. Okay, sure, that sounds good. Thanks that for was watching. Lovely. Thanks for watching. Right? Yes, great. Thank you. Urinkova. There we go. Great name. Oh. Uh, and this actually leads into our next question. Uh, asks, please tell me that Elliot will find himself a special girl. Sometimes he seems sort of lonely. 
we always talk about this is Elliot has a life outside the team. Elliot right. Elliot knows that, you know, he he's not going to get emotionally involved in that way around the business, around around the team. He he's very emotionally segregated and, and sort of partitioned off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is just one of the times you see him uh, meeting someone that's that's it, in, that, that could be important to him, it, but he's not lonely, it, folks. He's he's John, he's John, based I, on Christian Kane. He's doing fine. Can I tell <laughs> the truth? Look, people, the truth behind Elliot. The reason that he has so many aliases, he chose the job he chose. He's avoiding child support. He's on the run. <laughs> so that's why he's with us. There is a situation yeah. out there. There's a few little Elliots yeah. running around. And, you know, he's just he's trying to just steer clear of the government. That's why he doesn't yeah. like working for the government anymore. You know what I'm saying? This, also, look, just, it, it made sense for this particular episode, too, because this episode kind of came through Elliot, reminded him of his childhood. Right. I think it was... And the life he could have had. Well, the life yeah. he could have had. So, you know, we don't want to have him... Every episode, he meets another girl. It's a different kind of show. <laughs> right. We wanted, we wanted, yeah. we like to pick the spots when it feels like he's kind of opening himself up a little bit emotionally, and that was this one. Yeah. So then, just to clarify this for our fans, did Tabitha come to the brew pub looking for the leverage team to help her, or did Elliot find her by chance? Elliot found her by chance. Okay. That's we we like. It was something Chris said first here is you should always feel when you're watching leverage like maybe they'll show up for you. Like, you really, that's why we never explain how the leverage team finds the clients. And we've said this before, both on the podcast and on the blog. TNT pushed us really hard to explain how they found the clients. And we fought them tooth and nail, and eventually they gave in because they're a very nice network and they love us. Where it's like, no, it's, you've got to be able to have the suspension of disbelief. That's why when I wrote and directed the season opener this year, I put that scene in with you and Beth just stepping into somebody's video frame. Right. Just arriving and helping them. You know, it's a very big, important part of the mythology God, of the like show. I, I, think, I think, too, though, when, when your job is to help people, you develop a sense, like a sixth sense of people in need. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I kind of feel that way, that, like, when that's all you do, you know, you'll spot somebody in a crowd and know, okay, that's somebody you needs You become Jesus. Help. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. And, and this, is, this is important even in year five. The reason that scene matters, the reason this scene matters is when I, I, I have a visceral emotional moment when I watch that scene, I'm like, yeah, the guys are here. Like, you feel the arrival. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like Gandalf at Minas Tirith. Nice. Nice to get that in. Yeah. Oh. That's a nice crossover there. Just Look just, for me in the east at the guy. rising sun. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tanya, I'd like to hear from you on this next question. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the locations in, the, in this episode? How did you recreate a superstore? Well, you know, it's funny because when I, um, um, Paul Bernard, our producer, had had looked around before I got there and looked for, for a superstore, and it was actually a store that you guys shot for another episode. I don't yeah, know which it season was, one. Um, it, it's actually in season four. It's the radio job. Radio it's job. Chris, the Chris's half of the season finale for that year. Yep. Uh, that is the that is the uh, warehouse of misfit inventions. Yeah, that yeah. right. That's exactly it. Yeah. And and so we you know we went in there and and to try and recreate a warehouse is like financially a nightmare because you have to not only recreate the aisles, you got to do all of the all of everything that's on the aisle. So we were trying to figure out how to do it, and that was again part of the trick of my job is to try and figure out how to shoot that in a way where it feels like it's bigger than it is. So we really used, um, we were talking about it after watching the episode, we really used just one aisle. So the paint aisle that had the paint cans was the same aisle that had the TV sets. 
and I just shot it from two different directions because really when you're in a box store you can't tell where you are one place or the other so I maximized the areas that I had within this big store mm -hmm. to actually give you the illusion that you were all over the store and, and I like to say by the way one of the reasons the show took so long to develop besides the fact we want to make sure the script was very even-handed was the fact that I didn't think we'd find a location uh, even more than Chris Chris was very much for the show and I, I just didn't know we'd get there um, and and really it's kind of a testimony that I saw the previs and I saw the original idea and Tanya, you you and you and Becky really sold me on the idea we could get this done. And looking at this, I, I know where we shot and it still looks like a much bigger space and it really feels <laughs> it really feels filled in. You know, I know exactly the location. It, it, I think it, we really own a place. Oh, I was gonna say it's I mean it's Tanya and it was our special effects department. And, I mean and this Randall is Groves, really, by the way, Randall our, Groves, our, our art department. Our, our, I mean this really was great. this was truly a team effort to turn an aisle of a warehouse into a big box. In store. particular, a big shout out to Randall Groves, our production designer who's done amazing work this year uh, on everything, but also because of the issue of clearances, which we talk about a lot. When you're shooting a big box store, any sort of store, everything on every aisle has to be fake. <laughs> And so every product has to be a made-up product. And by the way, you have to then clear those names to make sure you're not accidentally hitting another right. another name. And so as a result, uh, Tanya's ability to minimize the amount of sh coverage she was shooting allowed clearances to actually be able to do their job and you know not have to create right. 100 fake products, but only like 20 or 10 or 20. Well, and we also took the idea of the fact that you're in a big box store, you can start doing lawn furniture, umbrellas, yeah pools, yep. all the things that don't need clearances that you can put in the deep background that make it look like a big box. I love the inflatable pool. The inflatable yeah, pool is right. a great it's item because it fills up the screen. Yeah, and it's, it's, just, it's like you sit there and it's like, how many times have you gone gone to a big box store and seen the inflatable stuff? <laughs> yeah. So we were like sitting there going, okay, what? Because when, when I first got there, they took me to the, to the location and they said, where do you want to shoot? And I said, well, hold on a second. Let me, let me, you know, get with it and think what we're doing. But we, we whittled it down to two aisles and then the end of the rest of the aisles is all we dressed. And then yeah. I said that the, the center of this, and then we had the, the check stands and then we had where the food court is. Right. And I said, can we make this an inside food court? Because originally it was scripted an exterior barbecue, the but we had lot, right. no, with the yeah. scheduling, how we had to and do the it. Uh, the, the, the exterior of the store is actually our sound stages uh, mm -hmm. with the Value More logo put digitally on the sound stages. So we're shooting the tail end of 508 inside the sound stage while Tanya's shooting the beginning of this episode <laughs> outside the sound stage. You know, so and the scheduling, then, yeah, was insane. And we all, and, and also, you know the sound stage. I was only allowed two sides of the building. Yes. So, so because we, we've shot the other two. Yeah, we've shot you the would other know, two. You would recognize and, it. And, it's like yeah. And we had no control of it, so we went and we looked at it, and we're like, okay, how can we do this? So again, I went to. We were in the same area. I just shot in different areas in that L in the yeah. in the thing. So the 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 motor home was on one side, right. and then the 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 van was like literally two spaces over from that yeah. you know but we just moved the cars around and moved and and it's like you can't tell it feels like a huge space that's the exact same angle i shot in the season right? premiere by the way but i did it all close and handheld so you can't see behind yeah but behind where um tim hutton and carrie elways are running in the season opener mm -hmm. deep background is where sophie's testing the water <laughs> 
Like it's just it's literally a straight line. It's just that's too great. many cars and a and a, and a longer great. lens, and that's it. You know? Did you have the dog that jumped the fence too? That no, 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 no. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah. my god, this dog that basically lives on the set. It just comes yeah. over from a neighbor. Really? So you I didn't that know that that dog. It, it just keeps We're jumping over, and whenever you guys did you name the dog? But it's always at the craft service table. It's always everything. It ran through lunch when it's breakfast. The dog is there. Back there, and then there's a house there. This person is a dog. Yeah. There's and no fence. Yeah, he's just, just sitting there running. You know, Very nice there. dog. Don't Kayla nice looks dog. upset she's never met the set I've dog. I've never met the You never met the set dog? Somebody, there you go. Somebody name the leverage set dog. What's your next one? Uh, we have another Hardison slash Aldous question. Jay. Uh, Hardison refers to college. Hardison slash Aldous is a very complicated story, by the way. <laughs> that fanfic, that fanfic. Mm. Form, what? No? All right. Paula, Paula who never talks on the, on the podcast, is right over there. And now it's she's right, hiding. And now she's <laughs> hiding. It's driving me crazy. If you've been listening to the Leverage Pen podcast, you know my quest is to get her to talk on, on the uh, podcast. She's doing well, her best talk to on my say podcast. anything. There you go. Okay, so good. So. Hardison refers to college roommates when he plants the beeping bug in Caroline's room. Right. Is he referring to his brief college stint in the experimental job, or did Hardison really go to college before his leverage days? I think Hardison was probably in college by the time he was 14, much like Aldous Hodge, who was in college by the time he was 14. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So yes, that's my answer. John, what's yours? Chris? Uh, I think it's, it's basically it's one of those things where he was looking for... Uh, he was looking for prank stuff to do. Yeah. And I would say he actually probably heard about this back when he was undercover at college. Probably, when yeah. right. In exactly. uh, episode 410. Yeah. Yeah. The experimental job. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit of continuity back to then is the, you know, the, the chuckleheads he was with in that episode <laughs> did this to one another and mm-hmm. Hardison filed away in his giant brain and, and pulled it out. There you go. Did you do? Love that. Love it. Just saying. Uh, so moving on, we have a couple more Elliot questions. Uh, we've got a fan question from Mary Brewer. Are we going to find out more about Elliot Spencer's childhood in any of the last five episodes this season? You will never see Elliot run into the woods in a nightgown <laughs> with his poncy bone no! claws. You will not see his wow. ba- That made Wolverine suck. No, you will not find out more. <laughs> we gave you He's the tragic the result with his father. Hey, you won't see him find a deer and feed the deer no he won't see feed the deer because he's one with the woods that's old school wolverine right there that's right you have your deer you have that weird comic book knowledge that's all i know between like 83 no 74 to 83 you have an encyclopedic knowledge and that's it everything else you're useless useless. no you're fine he's fine elliot elliot is who elliot is moving on that's what the web is for. Write your stories. It's, another, it's another Elliot question. Go ahead. Come on, bring it. You know what? You give him a little bit. You give him a taste. You give him a taste. I know. By the way, it's going to be on my blog. It's going to be crazy next week with yep. the Elliot questions. Yeah. How long has the bit about Elliot's dad owning a hardware store been around? Is it something that came up in season five, or was it always a part of your background for the character? I came up with this. It was in. Yeah, this was, this was yeah. the origin of. I think we always had a kind of amorphous I, idea of, of I, the roots that he came from, and I think right. this was a good example of the type of family that he would have yeah. been in the type. We of, knew, we yeah. knew what town he was from. We knew what his family was. We knew he left to go to the into the army at eighteen, right. uh, and so we had those kind of loose pegs. But we've said this before. We always try to keep the backgrounds loose so that you're not walking on a non-existent story for shows you're trying to make. I, I think there's a there's a widely held belief that there is a book 
of all the, of, yeah. the, of the backgrounds of all By the, the way, some, pe- some shows have that. We have, that. that we have that, that we have locked up in the office. And I'd like to dissuade people from trying to break into the office to yeah. get the book. <laughs> Again. The yes. book doesn't exist. It, it, it is. There are shows that have that. We, we said very early, we're going to leave the backgrounds very gray so that as writers came in, they kind of filled in the backgrounds organically. Right. And so, you know, and the actors contributed. You know, the actors exactly. certainly yes, had a lot sure. of feedback on who they think, you know, uh, Gina chose Sophie's real name. You know, everybody right. has brought in their own feedback into what they've been doing. Hardison playing the violin. Hardison playing the violin is based Aldis on the fact that Aldis plays the violin. And so, you know, what is Sophie's real name? Uh, you will find out. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I and see what you're doing. There were many, there, many questions about that. He will knock four times. <laughs> Uh, well, we do have some bonus fan questions, if you guys are up yes, for those. Yes, that's bonus round. A lot of bonus fan questions. Um, so, Rachel W. asked. Now, this is stuff that came in during the episode, right? This is like... Some was before, some during, you know. These people are insane. All right, go people ahead. People are insane. <laughs> which is why we love them. Which is why we love them. Yes. Uh, Rachel W. asks, uh, and this is open to all of you, so please answer candidly. How much do you think each actor is like their character? I... I I have to answer this question all the time. I think Christian is most like his character. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Actually, I'm always amazed when I get like occasionally get fan mail like, isn't it a little much that Elliot is a fighter and can play guitar and also cooks? And it's like Meet Christian. Christian can play guitar, does his own fights, and also cooks. It's not it's not a big yeah. stretch there. No, it's it's not. not you know. So yeah, it, trust me. The number of times I've looked at footage and gone, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The longer a show is on the air, I believe, the more the, the actor bent. and the character yeah. become Absolutely. one. Certainly yeah. one of the struggles is that Beth was the farthest from Parker. Right. And that, that trying to gradiate that approach is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Because Beth is by nature a very warm, one of the warmest people I know, mm-hmm. and, and really yeah. a fantastic person. And so trying to make sure you keep Parker's emotional distance there is very, is very difficult. Right. Um, she is a lot like uh, Sophie. Yeah, the actor part, the actor part of it. Mm-hmm. She's been acting since she was like fourteen, so that's definitely internalized that. And uh, but I think those are the most. Yeah, I think those are the most. Tim yeah. is not. Tim's certainly not tortured. As no. Nate. Tim no, is, no, no, Tim no. is a is a guy that likes. Tim know. gets Nate because we base sort of yes. Nate on that whole Jamaica playing Boston upbringing that right. we kind of share. But yeah, yeah, he's not that guy. What about Aldous Hodge and Hardison? Mm. Mm. What would you say? Mm. Well, <laughs> cer- certainly, certainly someone who at a very early age was. You know, had a lot of responsibility. I mean, that's that's you. Yeah. I mean, look, right? I mean, that's you know, right. acting at a young age. I mean, right. that's, look, I, I see a lot of parallels. Part, I mean, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Right what's what's kind of what's kind of cool is that uh, both Hardison and I kind of you know kind of knew Kane, I knew Kane from before. Right. So Christian came in with I other uh, other characters, but we we kind of but we read a bunch of actors for all the roles. Including Sophie, but we really wanted Gina. We knew Gina from Jekyll. Uh, Tim was signed on first, mm-hmm. but everyone else was auditions. And we had uh, black actors read for Elliot. We had white actors read for Hardison. Uh, you know, we had, was... we had multiple <laughs> actresses read for for Parker. Yeah. Uh, so it could have gone a lot of different ways. And so it's interesting that you you did the you know by far the best audition. I mean, you know, it was I, I it was really was one of those like no Thank contest, you. not Thank even you. close. Thank you. you know. Yeah. Uh, on the, you and, on you your 21st you and Ian McKellen. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was really a tough thing yeah. when Ian, I know, I know. tell Ian McKellen. But it's Ian was not like, gonna I gotta go he, do you know, a couple I was surprised of films. And, you know, really but, really so what's interesting He's, is like Hardison was very meant to be meant to be 
uh, we were trying to flip the, the fighter and hacker archetype. So Elliot was meant to be very trim and precise. And Hardison was meant to be kind of a big, sloppy, like not just a physically ungainly Kind of Vin Diesel. Dude. Like Vin Diesel, yeah. Yep. Um, and, you know, you were very tall and very rangy, but you were also very young. You've changed a lot since we did those no auditions. Bad. No bad. And so Hardison has kind of drifted in the same direction, the same way with Elliot. So mm -hmm. it, it's a lot of shows aren't this way, but this is very organic, and the show is very responsive to the actors. Moving on to our next fan question. Uh, Ken Uresse asks... Uh, to all, what are your favorite moments from the show? And maybe we can just narrow this down to what have been your favorite moments from the season so far? Oh, there's a lot of good oh. episodes this season. That's tough. Boy. Wow. Uh, for, well, from this particular episode, does he want to know, or just in general? No, just the thing. Just what's your oh, favorite boy. moments? Favorite moments from the show. This is year five. People start doing retrospectives. This oh is boy. Is that what it's time for? Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of bring your note cards. In. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I'd say most of my favorite moments are coupled in. The rundown job and the Van Gogh job. A lot of favorite moments. Those were a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys got a little room to stretch in those. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. I mean, rundown is definitely that scene between Elliot and I. Parker's there too, but you know, Elliot and I kind of, you know, that connecting thing. Yeah. Where uh, we really just, you know, brothers in arms. We 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 get it. Um, and then also, I turn a car into SOS. Yeah. No, no we got Harrison. Harrison's got a lot of cool stuff in that, that one. Is cool. That's awesome. That is really yeah. cool. Um, and the, the cool effect by your head. Yeah, yeah that was pretty yeah. awesome. And then the Van Gogh, I would say a lot of the scenes between Beth and I when we were playing back in the day. Not yeah. mm -hmm. as Parker and Harrison, right. but back in the day. Because just as actors, we got to see each other and work with each other in different capacities. And it was pretty, pretty great. So, uh yeah, I think those are my shots. And I mean, but then again, like you said, five years. So many. Kirsch. Um, what's by the way, and, and by the way, fans should know. The the only person who's been on the show as long as Chris and I, is Becky Kirsch. Becky Kirsch. That's right. She was uh, she was our assistant when we started the show, and yes, now is a writer. Lucky girl. Um, what was the name of um, of Jeff's episode in season three where Parker was stuck in the Starenko? Inside job. That's yeah. inside yeah. job. There's a lot of great yeah. Beth moments in that episode. Yeah. I think yeah. that there's a lot of, and, and similar to that. Well, there's a great um, scene with Richard Chamberlain. Exactly. Chamberlain's great. Richard's great there's, in that, yeah. And similar to that, there's a lot of, um, I love the intensity of Cross My Heart job. I love yeah. the, just uh. the characters real, I mean, talk about a time crisis. Talk about everyone really fighting for something that they really believe in. Just mm -hmm. that comes to mind immediately. Just not, not because Becky's next to me, but I'm going to say juror number six job. Aww. Almost the almost beginning to end is my, is my <laughs> my favorite moment, including yeah. your summation. You guys had a lot of fun. Yeah, with that, man. yeah. One yeah, of the first times we crammed you in a suit that season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, you know, that yeah, that's a that's a great one because that's where you really start to see the family come together. Yes, yeah. 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 the family so, dynamic yeah. really yeah. kicked in yeah. then. You know what? Liked a lot of good moments in Gone Fishing job too. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. got you okay. and Christian had a lot of fun. With we that. had two Absolutely. of us fun. And it was pouring rain. It could yes, not have I mean, harder. you could have. We, we were cringing back. back. I was back here uh, in L.A., and I was just cringing at the reports of the weather while we yeah. were sitting here eating Everybody's cereal and there. making episodes. 
in video. Oh, it sounds horrible up there. Sounds horrible. Yeah. Slurp, Are slurp, you slurp. Warm in oh, here. it sounds God. really cold. Got me out there in a thin sweater, <laughs> handcuff, <laughs> pouring rain in the cold. We don't even get the payoff of the rain because it doesn't pick up on the camera. I'm yeah. sitting watching the episode like, God you know, if you don't backlight so rain, it doesn't show up. People are like, why are you shivering? It's uh, for me, it's actually. Uh, there's a couple moments. One is Christian Kane never fails to surprise me with line reads. And it's actually an inside job when Parker is so proud of the fact she's stolen the virus <laughs> because uh, that's great. You're awesome. Let's go. And he manages to uh, like turn the joke. Made me laugh. On, uh, just, it, it's, it makes me Such laugh, a big laugh every Here. time I watch it. Um, and there's the moment where, and Scott Veach actually said, you can tell I, I spent three years making the show to get to this. The moment where um, uh, Gorn Vizek, uh-huh. In San Lorenzo says, oh, I have the army. I have the newspaper. Yes. What do you have? Yes. And Tim Hutton just, I have a 24-year-old genius with a smartphone and a problem with authority. Best line ever. I never really stood a chance. And that is one of those just big yeah. hero lines that, because uh, everyone has characters they tend to write to, and I tend to write more Nate stuff. And that is one of those big hero lines that Tim looked at, and he just, I know how to do this. And he just tossed it away, and it really sums up the show. Like, and he yeah. just killed it. He killed that delivery. Yeah. Well, Ken also has a question specifically for you, John and Chris. Uh, next season, can we get a Let's Go Steal a Nana episode? I will mm. tell you right now, if there is season six, you will meet Nana. Mm. You know awesome. what? We'll say that. We'll sure. go to I will actually say the Nana episode has been pitched. Mm-hmm. Uh, we it's probably won't around. do that exact version of it. But if you get if you work hard... <laughs> And get us a People's Choice Award. I'm not saying it's on <laughs> you people. But if there's a season but six. But you can but click votes. as many times as you yes. want. Well, you can yes. really show up Absolutely. all day. Quit your jobs. We're clicking uh, right now. John, yeah. did Oprah accept to play my Nana? Or... No? No, no. Shh. No, it's okay. a secret. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. <laughs> if, if we, have, if we have, are lucky enough to have season six, you will meet Nana. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's just Put enough. that in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> Well, our next question uh, goes back to this episode specifically. How jealous was Sophie of Nate's admiration of Carolyn? It, she played that really perfectly. It yeah, really was it, because they're they're in a long-term relationship, and there's a great moment that isn't scripted that is in the Christmas episode that mm-hmm. is just a little physical thing Sophie does. And when you fans see it, you'll you'll freak out. Uh, it's a, it's Yeah, it's that moment. Paula's actually mimicking it. It's, it's very... <laughs> yeah. It's... A, it's uh, they're in a very secure relationship, but still, she knows Nate's weakness is smart. And so, the ability to play chess against a really worthy opponent. Yeah. And by the way, I'd like to say, uh, Becky Kirsch has given us most of our great female antagonists. Oh, thanks. Uh, journal number six, she wrote. Grave Danger. Yep, Lauren, wrote, ha- Lauren Holly, and, great. Uh, Lauren Holly, great. Oh, uh, Anne Marie Johnson. Anne Marie Johnson, yeah. great. And, and great then uh, Bridget Brennan in this. You've yep. done an Bridget excellent job of bringing uh, evil, manipulative women to television. We are, <laughs> we are absolutely horrible we creatures. Don't have, we don't just have. feel that we're underrepresented. We're not yeah. just rich white we're dudes. We're not just rich white True. dudes, just... silver haired white dudes. That's, yeah. not, that's yeah. not our only. Kirsch has brought real uh, diversity to yes, the, the, villain, the villain pool. Well, there you go. Put that on my resume. Thank you, sir. Well, this question is probably my favorite question. Mm. Uh, Ever? Wow. Maybe, actually. Wow. Bring it on. Nicole Hanks asks, seeing as Leverage is based and filmed in Portland, uh, what are all of your favorite donuts from Voodoo Donuts? (gasps) Oh. 
Okay, now now to be fair, the actors can't really eat them because they have to stay skinny and good looking. Although they eat them on camera. <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. weren't those weren't there was no, no spit we, bucket, we right? No, I no, mean no. you guys like Yeah, guys, that was bad when the voodoo donuts showed up on set. Death showered into those. Man. Donuts you guys on ate them. like a thing. Yeah, that's right. We, they, we can I say we call it fat ass Fridays. Yeah. That's my favorite day. That's five dollars. Now tell tell folks about voodoo donuts who don't know. Voodoo donuts is the it could only exist in Portland. Donuts store could only exist in Portland. I've never had a voodoo donut. Oh, you and I are gonna take a weekend and we're gonna we're gonna splurge. Everything you could ever want on top of a donut. Yes. Yeah, but Pretty you can much. only have like one every six hours because it's like you a shaving coma. It's yeah. gonna pull your teeth yeah. out, give you heart. Those, those are the donuts you guys were fighting over exactly. in um, in, in the uh, antique yeah. job, the gold yeah. job. The gold, gold job. job. It is, yeah. it is yeah. hubris yeah. on a donut. It really yeah, it is. Don't they have like bacon they're good. donuts? They I think the bacon one is pretty great. The one with Captain Crunch. That's the one. I love the Captain Crunch donut. Yeah. Portland is one of the greatest cities ever. It is. Portland Truly, is for food and is. booze. It is a city and that is very easy to achieve maximum density and in. Great people. Yeah, great people. Yeah. We but love Portland. We love great. it. I actually miss that city, man. It is great. Yeah, it's just really, really wonderful city. There. Yeah. yeah. I've had people in the office ask me to fly Voodoo Donuts back on the airplane with me. So yeah. I'm They're sure good. it can be done. Yeah. They don't make it back. Also, great shout out because I go there every time. Will Wheaton's on the show. Ground Control. Love uh, them. Uh, in Portland, control. there is a bar where they have all old 70s and 80s arcade machines. So if you want to play oh, Robotron wow. and get what? hammered, oh. you go to Ground Control. I played That's the a big shout out to you. You guys are great. You treat us well. I played wow. the Ninja Turtles there, the yep. original All the original oh, games were there. I never went there. I didn't that go there great. either. What? I didn't even <laughs> take it anywhere. Hey, wait. When, when well, no, you? Kirsch is the wrong writer. Kirsch is the hardest work ethic of any writer on the leverage set. The rest of them will just screw off and get drunk. Well, but we Kirsch tried. Really we Bridget and I tried. We would call we her every day, and we were like, so come downstairs to the bar. <laughs> Who's going to open the Leverage Steam bar in Portland? Huh? Let's life. put that out Kirsch, there. You're a young writer. Always drink with the director. New rule. Always drink with wait, the director. No, no, no. Wait, 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 she wait, did. She told we drank together, good. my friend. We drank together a good, lot. Good, I am good. a lightweight. I am now you're absolutely telling that is true. You're a little That's bit That's the problem. It gets very dangerous. You and I, I mean, we were toppling into the street. It's not like it's really scary. It's not like you have a writing room where you're. Showrunner gets drunk. On no. <laughs> no example like that. Well, moving on, we have another Hardison question. Nice. Amanda Barncord wants to know: Is Hardison going to make any more robots for Parker? I don't know. Is it this season? I don't think we're we'll seeing any robots Not this season. No, we saw we saw Hardy again. We saw the the robot, the, the safe cracking yes, robot in, again uh, in Broken, Wing. Broken Wing. Oh, in Broken yeah. Wing. That's right. She, uh, she I don't talk to think him. he's got yeah, a couple right. really cool inventions. This the back five, but I don't think anyone's a robot. He's yeah. always planning one. Yeah, though. I was talking about season six, seven, and beyond. If oh, there's sure. season six, then you'll make her a robot, <laughs> and then there'll be Nana and a robot. If you want a robot, Nana will be the robot. Oh my God! She never said she was. Cyborg. Oh, man is a cyborg. I knew it. I am programmed for cookies and love. <laughs> That's a pretty good backstory. The trick for the robot voice, by the way, is always fall yeah, off. Yeah, fall. On the last you gotta word. fall off on the last. Fall off on the last word. Yeah. Uh, so our next bonus question, I want to know, who came up with the adorable value more mascot design? Yeah. That is an unsinish. I want to make sure I get it right. I thought it was James, but you said it was no, no, no. I it was it was the art department that came. Our up art department with it, is unbelievable. They came up with Shoppy. 
Yeah, Mr. Shoppy. And the and the thing on the um video screen, remember we were sitting there and going yeah. this because that was what that was like our we favorite thing. And we have little shoppy Mr. Shoppy stickers, which I still have more of. Yes. Yeah. I, want yeah. one. I have a Mr. Shoppy sticker. I'll give you uh, a Mr. Yeah. Shoppy sticker. You have, you have them on you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Oh, my... here we go. Now, be... Mr. Shoppy like... stickers are available. Yeah. If you would like, can I bid on those? Stickers. No, I actually think because before I handed in the first script, um, my Thank husband you. Paul, I asked him to do a protype <laughs> of Mr. Shoppy, Mr. and Shoppy. I handed it in with the script as a sales it. point. Well, you can't not make the episode now. So no, thank no, you, no. Paul. Bring it in. Oh, Mr. Shoppy, folks. And you know what's funny? We wanted to make a, a Mr. Shoppy stuffed animal. Yes. Because we were so like, we, so were like we should have, well, we didn't you have the money. You were so into it at that point. <laughs> we yeah. were in love with him. But we were like dying to have a Mr. Shoppy. <laughs> we were in love with Mr. Shoppy. I love Mr. Shoppy. By the way, there's a robot in this episode. There was a robot shopping cart. There was yes. a robot shopping right? cart. Right? Yeah, that was no, pretty great. Like, I'm open to yep. Boom, there you go. Oh, you should have seen how we did that, remember? You were, you yes. were hiding, he was hiding behind the I hid behind that big boxes. stack of boxes, and, and I had to pull back? the string. You pulled it? <laughs> yeah, he was pulling ah, the Welcome string. to Hollywood, my yeah, friend. that's yeah. it. That's the big high-life Hollywood <laughs> that you live and in. Uh, Actually, see, me and somebody else back there, I forget who was back there with me, who was pulling the string the first couple of times, and then I was like, let's regulate the speed a little bit. <laughs> so I got there, I gave it a yank one time, but uh, because every time it came, it was coming really fast, and I was literally posted up on the boxes, so when it hit, it would hit me. <laughs> and, uh, and you're like, get up, Al, I'm like, I'm recovering, but hey. So, uh, but it was fun though. Well, and fun. that was a gag too that almost didn't make it because we remember we were trying to schedule everything and we were like, yeah. "How do we do this?" And it was like a much bigger gag. And I'm like, I think in the script that he was actually down. the guy was actually stalked all over the store yes. by yes. the shopping yeah. cart. It was like Michael yeah. Myers' shopping cart. Christine of shopping cart. It yeah. totally was, but it was one of those things where we 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 were only in that store for a certain amount of days, so you had to figure out how yeah. how to do it. But it really it worked out really well. I think so. I think that's all. We've got time for one last question, one last fan question. Uh, it comes from Rachel France, who wants to know, uh, for the producers and writers, when will you know if Leverage will, will be renewed for a sixth season? Uh, we don't know. We actually don't. Uh, usually we're, we know at the end of uh, this, each season. Uh, this year, just because of a bunch of scheduling stuff and everyone's reading into things, you shouldn't be reading into things, uh, just, it happens to be delayed. Uh, I'm sure some of it will be influenced by how the numbers are now that we have an actual lead in in our sixth time slot. Thank <clears> you for <throat> watching. Um, hey. yeah. Tell your tell but, your friends. Tell your friends. Watch the uh, watch the TiVo. Try to watch it in the first two, uh, either the same day or the first three days. That right. actually makes mm -hmm. a difference. And uh, and vote for the people's choice. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of just a guess. We'll know in the probably early in the, the latest. We'll know is early next year. Right. You know, hopefully we'll find out sooner than that but you should not be freaking out or at all uh, until well into January, February. Enjoy your holidays. Please don't let the doubt over about leverage uh, not ruin only your wrong, holidays. The season finales in Christmas you might not enjoy that day. <laughs> watch that one, oh watch that one the next day. Not more than that next day, because then it's not counted. No, of course. Yeah. The 26th, Boxing Day in Canada. Boxing Day in Canada. Boxing Day in Canada is probably the best day to watch finale. the season finale. Yeah. That still counts, right? At least you're speaking to me now. It's good. There you go. <laughs>
Barely. Thin ice. (laughs) Well, grifters, that about wraps up this Google Hangout slash Leverage 10 podcast. I'd like to thank all of our guests for being here and thank all of our fans for writing in and submitting their questions. Thanks, grifters. And of course, a big thank Thank you to TNT for setting up this Google Hangout for us. So if you'd like to catch it again, the video recording will be uploaded to the Leverage TNT YouTube page and we'll be releasing the audio as a Leverage 10 podcast. Um, don't forget to catch Leverage at its new its new time slot, as we mentioned, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific on Tuesdays, only on TNT. And be sure to submit your podcast questions after each episode, either via Twitter with hashtag Leverage10Podcast or on the Leverage Facebook page. She's so slick. Look at that. <laughs> She's so She's good. Uh, and so before perfect. we go... We'd like to take a moment to announce a brand new podcast. That's yeah. Right. Thank you. You we, you know, we don't have a spin-off of Leverage, but we have a spin-off of the Leverage podcast, <laughs> which is my podcast produced by Paula and Kayla. Paula is hiding back there. Um, it's uh, it's a podcast where I'm inviting my writer friends to come and uh, sit with me and take a log line for a movie I'm never going to write and we talk about it for about a half hour. It's like a cooking show. But with terrible, <laughs> terrible movie ideas. <laughs> and terrible ingredients. And terrible. And you make a terrible it's, meal. I'm, it's my pantry of bad <laughs> of bad ingredients, and my friends come on. So and, it's, and it's, it's, it's another look for those. Fabulous. A lot of people listen to the Leverage 10 podcast and read the blog because they want to learn about the process. Yes. This is, this this is, is a great way this is all about the process to learn about the writing process. Yes, there it is. So, so here it is. It's at uh, my, my blog place is chrisdowneyindustries.blogspot.com. That's chrisdowneyindustries.blogspot.com. You log on there. The first podcast is up. I think you'll enjoy it. Please uh, come back. It'll be on iTunes soon, right? Yes. I'm thinking of my producers. Look for the Downey Files on iTunes shortly. You can also, it's already available at uh, chrisdowneypodcast.libson.com or on the Blogspot. So it's out there. Great. Yeah. All right. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks. We'll not see you next week, but we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.